welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Isn't God so good? We can get together and worship the Lord, the High King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Amen. Welcome everyone to Pursuit. We hope everyone's doing good, getting through this hot and humid summer. You know, I heard someone say before they know why it's called the Bible Belt. It's because it gets so hot here, we've made up our mind. (laughs) We want to go to heaven. We don't want to go to hell where it's hot. Me and my wife are really excited. We're expecting our little boy this Wednesday. If he doesn't come sooner, he could come sooner, but we're super excited. And I just ask that you would keep us in your prayers and Taylor and our baby boy in your prayers, that everything goes right and good and healthy. And we're super excited. You know, my wife, she's been a champ. I always thought when your wife gets pregnant, man, you're going to have to be running around the house doing all sorts of different things. Well, my wife, she barely ever asks for help. She's an independent woman. She's always doing what she wants to do, and she never asks for help. She's such a champ. She's handled it so good. If you have your Bibles, I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Philippians Chapter 4, verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This morning, I want to speak on discouragement. You may be seated this morning. Today, I'm speaking on a subject that has affected everyone. At some point, everyone has found themselves discouraged. And I think it's safe to say that you'll probably feel discouraged again in your life at some point. But despite discouragement being so common in our world, we must understand that discouragement has never been of God. God does not cause discouragement. When people are discouraged, it comes from what is happening in their life around them or the devil is speaking to them by putting thoughts into their mind or when people have put their hope and affections in the world and in this life and outside of God's will, people will find themselves discouraged. Anyone can find themselves discouraged, but God does not cause it. God does not put discouragement on anybody. Any and all discouragement you have ever felt, you you are feeling currently, or you ever will feel in the future was not given to you by God. 
It is simply something that you are struggling with in your heart and in your mind. Discouragement is a result of hopelessness over failures, or you can't seem to find a way out of your pit of despair or hardship, or you had expectations that weren't met. Discouragement can cause people to feel like they can't make it through. Discouragement can cause people to feel like there's no way out. Discouragement can cause people to feel like they're all alone and nobody is out there that can help them. Discouragement can cause people to feel like things don't matter anymore. You've tried everything you know to try and and still the trials of life keep coming and, and the walls of life keep closing you in. That's discouragement. Now, discouragement can often come and go quickly for some individuals and it seems like all is well in their life after it passes. But for others who face discouragement, or this thing called depression. It can weigh so heavy on them and be so crippling in their life that it's what causes them to end it all and throw in the towel and and quit trying altogether. They have no hope and, and they feel like they have nothing else to live for, so they do what they call suicide. They commit suicide. They end their life because they can't fight it any longer. They've become so discouraged and and so hopeless that that they take a bottle of pills and and they down the pills or or they start hurting themselves. They take a razor blade and and they start cutting their arm or or cutting their wrist and and, and it's all because they can't take it any longer. They're, They're so discouraged. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There is no hope. They've had enough of this thing called life. Some people say, well, that's crazy. Why would anybody do that? But that's how bad discouragement can be. That's how far discouragement can take a person. Discouragement will squeeze out all hope. Discouragement can take away a a person's joy and peace until they have no will to live any longer. And those people who have tried to end it all and and commit suicide, but it not be successful, and and by the grace of God, they make it out alive, They, they will often tell you they heard voices. Voices in their mind, voices saying that uh, they weren't good enough, voices saying that they were a failure, voices saying that their situation was hopeless, voices telling them to quit and and give up, and, and voices telling them to end it all. That's deep, dark discouragement. That's real discouragement and depression that real people face. This is where people feel like there's absolutely no way that the situation can turn around. And the devil uses these moments, these discouraging moments to use his voice and put thoughts into our mind. And what may start out as just a a typical discouraging situation The devil will tell you that the situation is impossible. There is no coming out. 
There is nothing better. There will never be relief. There is no hope for your situation. And when a person continues to dwell on the discouraging thoughts of the enemy, or when a person does not realize that those thoughts are not actually their own thoughts, but rather the enemy trying to intrude in their life and in their thinking patterns, they will often never get over their discouragement. One must realize that the enemy is using their situation to speak greater discouragement into their life. He is telling you things that aren't true. He is telling you that you've gone too far and there's no help for you and, and there's no hope for you and there's nothing you can do at this point to turn your situation around so you might as well quit and you might as well throw in the towel and, and you might as well walk away. These are the deep and dark, discouraging thoughts that the enemy will invade the mind with. And the enemy has no limits. He can take a, a situation where somebody loses their job or they lose their business or something happens in their family or something happens in their marriage and it's a situation that can be turned around. Something good can come out of it. But he uses the situation to depress the person and discourage the person to the point that they quit trying and, and they quit working and they give up and, and they literally believe that they're failures and, and there will never be better and brighter days for them. So they do exactly what the devil is telling them to do. They quit. They give up. They throw in the towel. They walk away because there's no hope for them. See, I understand discouragement. I do. But I don't understand all of the things that you've gone through as an individual, in your mind, in your heart, in your life, because I'm not you. And I've not lived in your shoes, but I do understand discouragement. Many times I've become discouraged, very discouraged in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit, so discouraged that I can't sleep and I, I have no appetite, so I won't eat and, and I don't want to talk and it seems like I can't come out of it sometimes and it comes out of nowhere and it's just discouraged and, and then sometimes I'll become more discouraged because it doesn't make sense how those who hate God and, and hate religion and hate the church and, and don't pray and, and don't serve God, they don't get discouraged like some of us. Many times it doesn't seem like they get discouraged as much as many of the Christians who are trying to live for God and, and trying to pray and, and trying to pay their tithing and offering and, and trying to be faithful to God. And I know when I've really become discouraged because that's when I want to shut everything off and, and I want to ignore everything that's going on instead of going to the prayer room like I should be and addressing it with God. I know when discouragement has really hit me because that's when I want to quit praying. See, discouragement will keep you from praying. Discouragement will hinder your faith. And discouragement will have you doubting things in God's word. But then I realize it's spiritual. This thing is spiritual. Discouragement is spiritual. 
and it's very hard, impossible for some to ever get over their discouragement until they understand that it's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual fight. See, the Bible says that he's a thief. The devil is a thief, and he has come to steal and kill and to destroy And you better believe if you're a Christian, if you're trying to serve God, if you're for real about living for Christ in your private life, you want to be a a, a Christian and you want to be faithful. The devil is not going to give you a pass. The devil hates you. In everything that you're trying to do for Christ and all of your good intentions of living for him, the devil sees it, the devil despises it, and the devil is out to destroy it. He has come to destroy the Christian marriage. He has come to destroy the Christian family. He has come to destroy the Christian dream. He has come to destroy the Christian faith. He has come to destroy churches. He has come to destroy the work of the Lord. And he does this all by discouragement. If he can get you discouraged and keep you discouraged, there's no way that you'll get back up and become the person that God has called you to be. See, I hate discouragement. I hate that the devil uses discouragement to try to defeat the Christian. But it's not new. The the enemy has always used it. If you read different stories in the Bible, you'll see that Abraham became discouraged. The Israelites, while in the wilderness, they became discouraged. Job's wife became so discouraged by the trials of life that She went to her husband, Job, and and she encouraged him to curse God, give up, and kill himself. Because discouragement is brutal. Discouragement kills. But this morning, the church needs to understand that we do not have to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. We do not have to be oblivious to this thing called discouragement. Yes, it's real. Yes, we can feel it. Yes, sometimes it seems to come out of nowhere. Yes, it feels heavy. It sometimes feels like there's no hope and there's no way out. But the enemy is a liar. Those hopeless thoughts are not true. Those thoughts that nothing better is coming is a lie. The devil is a liar, church, and he's trying to bring you down. He's trying to destroy you and your faith by discouragement. The devil uses discouragement to cause people to start believing things that are contrary to God's word. Discouragement causes people to start living a life contrary to God's word. Discouragement makes people lose the purpose that God saved them and the reason God delivered them and the ministry that God gave them. I've seen people who were living for God and and they were praying for certain situations and they get so down and discouraged when God didn't answer the prayer or or the person wasn't healed. So they quit believing. They quit having faith. They quit praying. But church, it's not our job to understand why. 
as tough as it sounds, and maybe you were praying all night and, and you spent a meal or a day or a week fasting, but it still didn't happen, or it seemed like God still didn't hear and answer your prayers. It's not our job to know the reason. We don't see what's, what's happening in, in the spiritual, but God knows more and, and God knows why and, and God knows the reason and church, God knows best. If God doesn't heal, that doesn't mean that I can start saying that God isn't a healer. If God doesn't answer me when, when I want him to, that doesn't mean that I can say that God isn't faithful, but God is a healer. Because my word, his word says that he's a healer. God hears and answers prayers because my word says that he hears and answers prayers. God cares because my word says that God cares. God saves because my word says that God saves. God has not left me behind because my word says he hasn't left me behind. In church, sometimes God says no. And sometimes our prayers aren't God's plans. And one day we'll figure out why. One day God will show us why. But he always has your best in mind. And the things he does are good. And the things he does are perfect. And the things he does are righteous. He knows what he's doing. But the devil will use his voice against everything that's going on in our life. But that's all he has. He has his voice and only his voice. There's a hedge around you. The devil can't take your life. He has boundaries. So he'll whisper all day long. Every day the enemy will whisper. He can't take your life, but he'll whisper. He'll fight you with his voice. He'll bring evil imaginations. He'll bring thoughts into our hearts and minds. And sometimes it's so soft. And so gentle that it seems natural and it mimics the thought patterns of the human brain. And we begin to think it's our thoughts. And we think that we are thinking the thoughts. And as this goes on, we embrace the thoughts. We dwell on the thoughts. We believe the thoughts. And if we never realize that it's not our thoughts, but rather the gentle and soft yet deadly voice of the enemy, the devil will have us believing anything he wants us to believe. But if we, the church, the blood-bought Christian, would realize that, hey, that thought, that discouraging thought doesn't align with the word of God. That thought doesn't align with my faith. That thought doesn't align with what God has promised me. If we would begin to discern our own thoughts and recognize that some of these thoughts in our mind are not from God, then the devil can't have control over us. See, our problem is not discouragement. Our problem is distinguishing what thoughts are good thoughts and what thoughts are actually the whispers of the enemy because all day long the enemy is trying to whisper deceit and hopelessness and discouragement into the minds of Christians. When we get a thought, a, a discouraging thought, we need to stop and think. Does this align with the voice of God? 
Does this align with what my word says? Does God say that it's hopeless? Does God say it's impossible? Does God say all is lost? Does God say it's all over? Because if we would take the time and examine the thoughts of our hearts, we would quickly realize that some of these thoughts that are happening in our mind are not true, but rather the intruding voice of the enemy. They are lies from the devil, an enemy that's trying to bring me down, an enemy that wants to destroy me. And so church, if you want to listen to the enemy and his voice of discouragement, you can. You can stay discouraged. Some people stay discouraged all of their life, but I refuse. I refuse to stay discouraged, but I'm going to trust in the word of God and I'm going to hold tight to the promises of God and I'm going to think on things which are good and I'm going to think on things which are honest and I'm going to think on things which are of a good report. Church, you need to make up your mind and tell the enemy today, no longer will I listen to your lies. No longer will I dwell on the voice of discouragement, but I am going to find the peace of God. Let's look at our two verses of scripture. The first one, it says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to find the peace of God. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter if I'm in the storm or in the battle, I'm going to find the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. How? By thinking on things which are true. By thinking on things which are good by thinking on things which are lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, I will think on these things. And when discouraging thoughts or thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of unbelief come into my mind, I will call them out and say, hey, I know that's not the word of God. I know that thought can't be from God, but that's a discouraging thought of the enemy meant to bring me down. And so church, this is the, thing, this is the list of things to think on this week. And this week, you ought to get your Bible out. And every time something attacks your mind, you need to compare it to what God says in his word and see if it fits in what he says to think about. Is it true? Is it just? Is it good? Is there any virtue in it? I know what you're thinking. Some of those things are true. Some of those discouraging thoughts are true. But is there any virtue in it? Is there any goodness in it? The Bible says if there be any good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything to praise God about, if there's anything good to think about, think on these things. I have this verse that I often look at and I think about it's on my desk when I'm working. It's on my phone. It used to be the wallpaper on my phone. And it's a verse of scripture that's helped me. It's John 8 and 12. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. 
He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now that scripture may not mean much to you, but it means a lot to me. And it's got me through some discouraging moments. And in those discouraging moments, I've run back to that scripture. I've run back to the word and, and I've reminded myself what the word says. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Who am I to walk in darkness? I have the light of the world. Who am I to stay down? Who am I to stay discouraged? I have the light of life. And so this week and going forward, take time to praise God. Even if you're in the storm, praise him. Even if you're without, you don't have enough money to pay your light bill, praise God. Even if your family is broken, praise God. Even if things are messy, praise God. For where there is praise, there is his presence. For the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And where his presence is, there is peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace in the troubled storms. Peace in the dark valleys. So no matter where I'm standing, no matter where I'm at in life, I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise. There's this song that I often sing sometimes. It's just in my mind. I will play the song in my head or I'll begin to sing the song under my breath. But it's in those discouraging moments. I'll begin to sing it. It's an old song. But it goes like this. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you done. I am so blessed. My soul is at rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. I wonder if the singers would come up today and, and help me this morning. Church, there's something about praising him. You don't have to sound good. I'm pitchy all the time. I get the words messed up all the time, but there's something about praising God. There's something about stopping and giving this God thanks and worshiping and praising and fixing our minds on him. And, and instead of staying discouraged, we begin to sing thanks. Thanks, I give you thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week.